Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Man of Screen Podcast. My name is Mike Zumo, and on this episode, we're going to continue our look at Superman the Serial, chapters 4 through 6 specifically, starring Kirk Allen as Superman. The first three chapters of this serial mainly covered our introduction to Superman, mainly the voyage from Krypton to Earth, and then his upbringing by the Kents and uh, his first appearance. What we're going to see in chapters 4 through 6 is that the story is going to start moving along, at least the plot will. You know, these serials are very plot-driven, as you kind of just go from one adventure or misadventure to the next. There won't be a whole lot of character development in these serials. That's something that's going to take a long time for us to see translated on film. So like I said, the first three chapters basically, the first two chapters really, covered the introduction to Superman. Chapter three got us a very small taste of what the plot going forward is going to be like, as we got our first look in chapter three of the Spider Lady and the Relativity Reducer Ray, which becomes the main MacGuffin, shall we say, for this serial, as uh, the Spider Lady will be chasing it for the entire serial. Really, most of it anyway. And Superman will be doing his best to keep her from getting it and keep her from using it. As And we're going to see uh, that story really start to uh, start moving as we move into uh, Chapter 4. The uh, th- However, before we uh, get into uh, the main business tonight, I uh, just got my uh, email today, a uh, look at my... Uh, podcast numbers and i'm showing a couple more downloads uh than i had last last this week than i did last week so before i go any further i would like to thank all of you for listening and i really want to hear from you guys so i encourage you to uh send me an email at manofscreen at gmail.com my facebook page is you can find my facebook page by searching for man of screen podcast i should come up pretty quickly and my uh Homepage for the show is manofscreen.podomatic.com. But really, the best two ways to get at me probably are my email and the Facebook page. I really want to hear from you guys, because I'd like this show to be, as much as the episodes themselves are basically me talking to and at you, I'd like, uh, you know, some online interaction, too, so we could communicate in uh, somewhat real time. And I kind of record these episodes in blocks, so when I record them all at once, it's kind of hard to have a dialogue uh, on the show with you guys but i really want to hear from you guys you can email the show and i'll read your feedback on mike unless you tell me not to and uh that covers that like i said i just i'd love to hear from you guys you can tell me uh i'm doing a great job or if i'm doing a lousy one i uh, leave that to you to inform me so anyway with that said i am going to take a quick break play a promo and we're going to come back with chapter four of superman the serial entitled Man of Steel. Kal-El, you have traveled far. One journey has ended. A new journey is about to begin. Hey everybody, Magnus here. I do a podcast called Trennis Magnus Punches Reality. What I do is spend six episodes talking about comics, movies, and TV shows, but... All that stuff gets put on hold every eighth episode so that I can talk about Smallville. Smallville's the most underrated live-action adaptation of Superman in all of history. Smallville's my favorite version of Superman apart from the comics, and so every eighth episode, I put Smallville 
under a microscope. Listeners all around the world have been shocked to discover just how awesome Smallville truly is and just how well it holds up to critical scrutiny. I've recently finished what most people regard as Smallville's first run with the conclusion of the mighty third season of the show. But as awesome as Smallville may have been up to this point, the best is still to come. And I want you along for the ride. This is Magnus Talks About Smallville, an eighth episode feature of Trennis Magnus Punches Reality. Now with fewer cigarette breaks. So check out Magnus Talks About Smallville every eighth Tuesday for all the Smallville small talk you could ever hope to shake a stick at. Magnus Talks About Smallville every eighth Tuesday only at Two True Freaks. All right, folks, welcome back. We're going to get right into business on this week's show. Chapter 4, Man of Steel. Clark Kent, Daily Planet reporter, goes to the Metropolis Museum to get a story on the mysterious meteoric fragment that has fallen to Earth. In the office of Professor Leeds, director of the museum... After Leeds covers the meteor with a lead lid, Clark recovers. I don't understand it. A moment ago, I would have sworn that you were dead. You had no pulse, no respiration. And you better sit down. I'm feeling fine now. Did you put the cover on that? Meteorite while I was unconscious? Yes. Would you mind taking it off again? Cover it quickly. Clock reveals he is Superman. And after a series of tests, Leeds believes Clark's claim and agrees to destroy the fragment after testing it. But Leeds' assistant Morgan has overheard how the fragment can harm Superman. He places a cryptic newspaper ad that the Spider Lady sees. A stool pigeon Hawkins tells Lois about Morgan. Lois and Jimmy go to meet Hawkins and see Morgan. That's Morgan, Professor Leeds' assistant. What are you doing with Morgan? You keep out of this. Hey! You asked for it. Get in the car. Lois and Morgan are kidnapped by the Spider Lady's men. Morgan tells the Spider Lady about the meteor. Well, I... I know how to make Superman helpless. I'm waiting. The meteor that fell the other night is a fragment from the planet Krypton. We've got it at the museum now. Its rays take away all of Superman's powers. How do you know this? I was there. I saw it happen to him. Who then has him killed on an electrified spider web. Then, she has Lois placed on the web, because Lois is a reporter. Nobody asked you to come here. You can only blame yourself for anything that happens. Why don't you let me go? I've been blindfolded all the time. I couldn't possibly identify you. You are this place. I might take the risk, if you want a newspaper reporter. Did you think we wouldn't go through your handbag? 
Now this episode in the recap doesn't really have the recutting that the previous episode that the previous chapters do. You know, we just you know we start like I said in the previous episode. We start off with a brief recollection of the previous chapter, and we start off with Clark dropping. So my thoughts on this chapter. Well, the first thing we see is Leeds cover up the box with the the kryptonite in the box, and Clark slowly starts coming to start moving around. And Leeds gets a good look at Clark, uh, seeing he's moving, and uh, and helps him up. We gotta check his heartbeat again. I guess I guess he found one, and uh, now he's helping Clark up. And Clark is going to make the leap right here that the meteor is from Krypton. Well, he says that he is suspected from the planet Crypt that he was from the planet Krypton. I would love to know how exactly he came to suspect this because we don't see any indication that uh, from anything that he has any information about where he's from. <laughs> yeah, funny bit. Clark has leaves open the box again. He starts reacting, and that's how he figures out that it's the meteorite. Leeds is doing it. The actor who plays Leeds is doing a better job here of being shocked than he did before. And obviously Leeds doesn't want to destroy this thing like uh, like Clark asked. So Clark has to do something drastic. This is the first time we see Clark do something this drastic in order to get somebody to do something. What he does is he reveals to Leeds that he's Superman. And you see him changing in the background. You see his shadow up against the wall. You know, that's very flight esque What we what none of them know from the outside is that Morgan is standing outside. He was coming up the stairs to uh see the professor and when he saw Leeds shut the light off, he decided to just kinda hang around. Now this is how he learns the effect Kryptonite has on Superman. Of course Leeds has to uh put uh Superman through a battery of tests, the first of which is making him look through a lead door, which I kind of question Superman, the physics of Superman's powers here a little bit, because I always thought, and I don't know if this is something that might have been explained later, and I'm projecting it on onto these serials, is that Superman's X-ray vision was called X-ray vision because he was able to look through things. The effect wasn't was an X-ray, as in looking through something. I didn't. I never really believed that he emitted X-rays from his eyes. But, like I said, maybe that's me projecting my knowledge of modern comics onto something that was developed far sooner. This this is how we learn, though, that Superman can't see through lead. So they move on to a safer test, and he looks through a steel safe. And Superman sees what's in there, and has an added demonstration, shows off his strength to Leeds. So Superman and Leeds are in agreement that this kryptonite has to go. It, eventually, it's going to go, but Leeds wants two days to study it. And then he's going to drop it into the sea. And Superman is okay with that. Now Superman is going to depart through the window here. What this is is on the screen. This is our first exposure to Kryptonite. And right after that, Morgan walked away. He knows something. And if you remember Chapter 3, he needed more money because he was, quite frankly, going broke from what he was being paid as Leeds' assistant. So, like I said last week, that's going to come into play. And it's probably going to come into play here. The cliffhanger nature of these serials requires that the events of one chapter flow into the next. So what you're going to see here is a little, there's always a brief scene in Perry White's office to kind of recap what's gone on before, 
and to move the plot forward to the next point. Well, go on. What's the story? What about the meteorite? Oh, nothing much. Turned out to be an ordinary one. No importance to it. Did you check with Leeds on it? Uh, yes, I went to his office. You and Kent left here together. How does it happen he has this information and you haven't? Um, something came up and we had to separate. I don't get it. Oh, excuse me, sir. I have an awful headache. He has a headache. I'm the one who needs the aspirin. You know what I think? What? I think Clark knows something about that meteorite and is holding out on us. Oh, you're always thinking Clark is putting one over on you. And most of the time I'm right. So you're right. At this point, we've wrapped up the meteor coming to Earth, and now we're moving on to the next phase. So the next thing we see is Spider Lady and Driller. Somebody has posted an ad as a way to get rid of his or her enemy. So... The Spider Lady immediately makes the connection that it must be referring to Superman, so she has Driller check it out. This is where we meet Hawkins for the first time. He is Lois Lane's, I guess, her deep throat, for lack of a better term. So, Lo Lo Lois and Jimmy are going to go check out check out on Hawkins' tip. And this is where they're going to run into the Spider Lady's men capturing Morgan. I like this here. Clark is about to follow them, you know, as Lois has want to do, want to do in the past, and uh, Perry's not having it. He's going to send him to work on the Lovelorn column with Gladys. We never see Gladys. Perry's got this smile on his face as he gives that assignment to Clark, and sometimes I think this Perry White has a little bit of a sadistic side to him. He seems to enjoy the suffering of his reporters maybe a little too much. Hawkins here is doing his best Batman coming out of the shadows. Jimmy looks a little startled, but Lois is just, uh, doesn't think he's very funny. Jimmy says something to Lois, shuts him up. Now, Hawkins is in it for the money. He is not going to tell Lois a blessed thing unless she, unless he gets some cash. Not exactly the most ethical thing in the world, but I guess it works in the 1940s. It's not how we would do things at the newspaper I work at, but this is how they're doing it here. We don't know anything about Hawkins. We're never going to find out anything about Hawkins, but... He seems to have the, have the lowdown on what's going on. So, so Lois has got... He mentions the Spider Lady and Lois goes all crazy. He wants... She wants to get a line on the Spider Lady and find her way to him. Lois is the first person to recognize Morgan as Professor Leeds' assistant. And she is gonna... She's gonna be Lois. She's gonna... She's gonna try to put a stop to what they're doing. And, well, she gets slammed to a pole... Jimmy gets punched out, I believe, for the first time in this serial. It's amazing how many times Jimmy gets punched out. But in true Lois fashion, she gets herself kidnapped here. And well, Jimmy is lying on the ground like he is dead, but he no, he's not. Now we get a very uh, old gangster style. Uh, they blindfold Lois and Morgan so they don't know where the Spider Lady's hideout is. Anton and... Brock are a perfect gentleman. As soon as the spider lady walks in, they remove their hats. And now, funny, even though nobody can see her and she's going to turn the lights off, the spider lady still comes out in her mask. Now, I know this. what's done next is all done uh, for dramatic effect. And they turn the lights off so he can't see the spider lady. They take out the blindfold to blind him by the bright light. 
preventing him from being able to see her. So if he can, if no one can see the spider lady, why does she feel the need to keep the mask on? This is where Morgan is going to tell the spider lady what he has learned from listening at Professor Leeds' door. So he gives her the lowdown on the kryptonite, and he is paid for it. And he is not amused in the slightest when the spider lady has her men give him a dollar. I mean, literally one dollar. Like I said, he is not amused. He thinks they're kidding. And he just throws it back in their face. And, well, he gets... What's coming to him after that, you know? These are not people to be trifled with. So what he receives is a trip to the Spider Lady's spider web, which we learn at this point is the Spider Lady can electrify her web and it becomes an effective way to get rid of people who you don't need any. Morgan gave her the information on the kryptonite. She doesn't need him anymore. So we're, she's going to back him right into the... Net and he's going to get electrocuted by some animated lighting. Lightning. You know, like everything else, anytime there's a visual effect shot needed, it's basically a cartoon drawing. Morgan kind of gets pulled back toward the web. I don't know if it's some kind of magnetism at work there, but whatever it is, it lures him onto the net and he gets fried. And when he falls to the ground, he lies on the floor and his left arm is up in the air. I guess rigor mortis set in a little bit early. But not too early, because his limbs bend when Driller and Brock take him away. And now it's Lois's turn. She, you know, she pleads with the spider lady for her life. She can't identify anything, but because she's a reporter, she's gonna get she's gonna get the web too. So she backs in, she falls into the web, she gets shocked, screams, chapter ends. You know, it just dawned on me, there is blessed little of Superman in this chapter. It is mostly the intrigue of Morgan wanting to sell. The only time we've seen Superman was when he revealed himself to Professor Leeds. A anything else, we have not seen the Man of Steel at all this chapter. Which is kind of interesting for a chapter titled Man of Steel. We're going to see him more in Chapter 5. As we pick up in Chapter 5 exactly where we, where we left off with Lois getting electrified in the web. So, with that said... We move right along to Chapter 5, A Job for Superman. Lois is left only stunned, and the Spider Lady orders Lois to be taken to a warehouse in Metropolis. Meanwhile, Jimmy has phoned Perry, who sends off Clark. While Jimmy is driving with Clark... Let's have it fast. Lois got a tip from that stew pigeon, Hawkins. I overheard that. What was the tip? Well, he said some character was trying to contact the Spider Lady. He had information to sell. Then it was the Spider Lady's men who grabbed Lois. We tried to interfere, but oh boy, does one of those guys pack a wallop. Look, he hit me right here. Hey. You were knocked out? Knocked out? And how? Blackout. When I came to, this Hawkins guy was bending over me. Oh, then you didn't actually see them take Lois? No, but Hawkins did. He said they headed out Valley Boulevard. Clark spots Lois unconscious in another car. Lois was in that car. She was blindfolded. I didn't see her. But I did. He has Jimmy drive on while changing to Superman to stop the crooks. Superman, how did you manage to get here? Well, somebody had to manage. Where'd they take you? To the Spider Lady's hideout. I think it's in a cave somewhere. You don't know where? No, I was blindfolded all the time. 
She frightened me, and I think she killed Morgan. What was he doing there? He sold her information about the kryptonite. What information? That it takes away all your powers. It isn't true, is it? There's a car coming. It's Jimmy. Turn these men over to the police. Gosh, what a relief. You okay, Lois? Yes, Jimmy. Thanks, to. What's the matter? Well, he's gone. Who's gone? Superman. He was here a minute ago. I don't see him. Say, maybe you're not so okay after all. The Spider Lady publicly challenges Superman to stop her from robbing the Metropolis Museum. When the police and Superman are distracted by a staged car accident, the Spider Lady's men steal the kryptonite from Leeds' office. They also stop Leeds and Lois, who are in the office. Okay, so... As far as this episode goes... Or chapter, rather. Not, they're not so much episodes as they're chapters of a larger story. There's a major continuity glitch in, in this opening scene right here. Right after Lois is pulled onto the web and starts getting electrocuted by some animated lightning, you see that the Spider Lady is is standing by herself. Then when they then they cut back to Lois, then another quick cut back to the Spider Lady shows, suddenly Driller is there. That's a continuity glitch unless Driller has somehow managed to acquire some super speed. So now we're picking up at the Daily Planet office. Perry is quite pleased and quite sarcastic about Perry's job dealing with the problems of the Lovelorn. And now, Jimmy is reporting in. This is one of the few chapters where we don't see everybody in the office. <laughs> Another funny bit. Clark seems to have trouble keeping his secret identity here as he overheard what Jimmy said and was reacting immediately to, to the phone call. <laughs> Perry stops him. Clark has to keep a better lid on his superpowers if he intends to get out of these, this serial with his, super, with his secret identity intact. The Spider Lady is on the move. We're going to move right on to the next phase of Lois's kidnapping. They're going to move her to the warehouse because, well, I guess we need to give, it, give Superman an opportunity to save her. She's tucked into the back seat of the car, and I believe my kid has sat and tried to sit in the car like that. Clark takes a, takes a cab at Perry's request. Hopefully he, hopefully he can expense that. And Clark's going to meet up with Jimmy, and Jimmy is going to give him the expositional rundown of everything that went on last chapter. For the benefit of two people, for the benefit of Clark, who wasn't there, and for the benefit of the theatergoers, who may not have shown up last week. You know, one of the rules of, co of serialized comics, comic books, and I'm guessing that's a rule here, too, for these serials, you have to assume that every chapter is somebody's first. So, you have to catch them up on the story as we come along. While Jimmy's delivering his exposition, he wants to show Clark where he was punched in the face and almost goes off the road while doing that. Eyes on the road, Jimbo. It's not going to do this serial any good if you get Clark get us to a car accident here. Now, here's another Clark blunder. He can't stop giving away his superpowers here. First in the office with Perry White, and now he saw Lois tucked in kind of under behind the seat and blindfolded. He's like, well, Jimmy didn't see him, but Clark is going to have Jimmy let him out of the car and... This gives Clark the opportunity he needs to become Superman. The first of many uh, lame excuses Clark will need to get away from people so that he can turn into Superman. Clark says he sees a farmhouse. There's a big rock right right at the end of the road here. It doesn't appear that uh, 
there's going to be there's a farmhouse anywhere in sight as there's mountains behind them. And actually, this big rock is going to kind of get around a little bit as one thing the cereal does to cut costs is use some stock footage. And Superman coming out from behind the rock there is something we're going to see quite a bit from one cereal to the next. Superman lands on top of the car and stops it. Apparently they're on a dirt road because just by holding the back of the car is enough for them to get stuck. Now this guy's shooting at Superman. He's Kirk Allen is getting a kick out of enjoying it. He throws one guy into the next. And now, like I said, he doesn't punch anybody out. He bangs their heads together. Holds them up a real long time. Real interesting quick cut there, as, as I'm sure he didn't actually bang the guy's heads together. This is a neat capture as he wraps these guys up in a bumper. Remember this scene when we get to one of the middle chapters of Adam Man vs. Superman, because this scene is going to come up again. And you'll be surprised where. Let's just say, I don't see any news cameras here. And let's leave it at that going forward. This is where Superman learns that Morgan was with the spider lady. And he's like, what's going on? She asks him if the kryptonite can really take away his powers. And Superman doesn't answer. He's kind of saved by the bell as Jimmy comes through. I don't understand when they get to the office, Perry's frustration with Lois about not being able to know where she was taken blindfolded. Well, at last we'll be able to send the police to the spider lady's hideout. I'm afraid not, Chief. Why not? We certainly will. But I don't know where it is. But you were there. You just said so. But I couldn't see. I was blindfolded all the time, and when they brought me out, I was unconscious. Some people have been able to give directions to a place even when they were taken there blindfolded. Sorry, but I'm not gifted that way. I know people who can't tell you directions to a place when they've watched you drive there without a blindfold. I don't know how you can expect Lois to know where she was going when uh, she was completely blindfolded. Lois uh, has some sarcasm for Clark, who famously asked Jimmy to let him out of the car so we can call the police. That was too bad. It was a great opportunity to rid society of the spider lady. Maybe Clark and I can find her, Chief. Clark can couldn't find his way in out of the rain. Someone mentioned my name? It's safe enough for you now, Mr. Kent. The danger is past. Well, I'm glad to see you unharmed, Lois. I let uh, Jimmy use the car while I phone the police. That's one way of avoiding danger. Oh, don't be like that, Lois. Clark did the best he could. Perhaps. While you were out looking for help, Superman came to my rescue. Superman? Quite a chap. I'll make it up to you somehow, Lois. I can identify those two men who abducted you if I see them again. Better leave that to Superman, too. Now, what I don't understand here is this is apparently the first time Jimmy and Lois have seen Clark, or the first time Jimmy, at least, has seen Clark since he left him off at the farmhouse. Didn't they pick him up on the way back? Didn't he think to wait there and pick him up? I guess not. I guess Superman just flew back to the planet, turned back into Clark, and J Jimmy and Lois didn't think twice about the fact that Clark wasn't there. Now we have the Spider Lady moving the plot forward by announcing that she's going to try to steal the kryptonite from the museum. Lois knows it's the Spider Lady from hearing her voice. Now this is where logic kind of goes out the window. And this is kind of a necessary point of serialized fiction. Because the Spider Lady has announced that she's going to steal the kryptonite at midnight. Obviously, this is meant to set up the next action piece as we head toward the cliffhanger ending of this episode. Chapter, rather. I keep calling them episodes, even though they're not. So this is setting us up for the end of the chapter. We're about ten minutes in or so at this point. The logical thing to do here 
is for Superman or Professor Leeds to get that meteor rock out of there instead of sitting there challenging the spider lady to come and get it. Although I guess this is one of their elaborate traps to uh, capture the spider lady. But you would think Superman would be there waiting for it. In the in the office waiting for the spider lady's men to come and get it instead of hanging around wherever it is he's hanging around. Alas, we need a cliffhanger ending. Here, here it comes. That's actually a nice shot of the car uh, going into the tele, into the lamppost there. As the cops run over, Anton and Brock go to the museum door with this contraption. I don't know what that thing is. It looks like some kind of... I have no idea what that thing is. I'm not even going to try to guess what it, what it looks like. But they're going to use it to open the door. And the guy just come, comes out on the porch. It's supposed to be midnight. And this guy is still out there in his suit. All the spectators really are out there in their suits. You would think at midnight these people be in their, in their pajamas. I don't know what passes for pajamas in 1948, but definitely not shirts and ties. And, you know, it's hard enough with the black and white to tell whether it's daytime or night. But we know from the Spider Ladies broadcast that this is just about midnight. These people look out of place in their suits. At least the spectators do. Now, Leeds comes out and tries to stop them. Oh, but he gets his butt kicked pretty, pretty well. Superman goes right for the flaming car, which, which is kind of a nice effect. He inhales and blows the fire out like a like a birthday candle with a big smile on his face. And then he comes out to find the uh, that there's no one in the car and that there's a phonograph record. But meanwhile, he's absolutely ignoring what's happening in the office. And I don't know what Lois was trying to accomplish by trying to fight off Anton and Brock. As they leave their gadget behind and it's going crazy. Come on, Superman. They distracted him and he's falling for it. Hook, line, and sinker. You know, people sometimes nowadays, when you compare him to Batman, a lot of people think of Superman as a dumb brute. And this Superman is not really doing much to uh, counter that argument. As this little nozzle continues to go nuts. Bounce all around the room and wake Lois up as the chapter ends. Alright, so now with chapter 5 looked at... I am going to take a quick break, play another promo, and I'm going to come back with Chapter 6 of Superman the Serial. It's time for some thrilling heroics, a brand new podcast on 2TrueFreaks.com. Keep flying, a Firefly podcast. We aim to do the impossible, cover every episode of Joss Whedon's science fiction space opera western, and that makes us mighty. We found as fine a crew as ever populated the podcasting verse. I told them I had a job. They said yes. Didn't much care what it was. So join me, Andrew Leyland. I fought for the independence. May have been the losing side. Not so sure it was the wrong one. I'm joined by a man too pretty to die, Mr. Paul Spataro. And last, but by no means least, a man with a mighty fine hat, Shepherd Bill Robinson. So join us on 2TrueFreaks.com for Keep Flying, a Firefly podcast. We aim to misbehave. All right, folks, welcome back. We're going to move right into the last chapter we're going to cover on this week's episode. So we go chapter six, Superman in Danger. Superman saves Lois and leaves his office from being hurt by an, an, by an electric device used by the crook. Sten flies after them. 
for fun. This kryptonite is supposed to handle him. Look, it works! The kryptonite can stop Superman! They use the kryptonite to escape from him. The spider lady decides she will need scientific help. What scientist would work with us? Dr. Hackett. But he couldn't keep his genius within the law, and now he's wasting his knowledge in state penitentiary. And what good is he to us? None. Until we work out a plan to get him out of prison. So she arranges a jailbreak for Dr. Hackett. Kent, I have an assignment for you. Good. There's been a jailbreak at the penitentiary. You've heard of Dr. Hackett? Uh, yes, a brilliant scientist with a warped mind. That's right. He's escaped from prison and he's still on the loose. Get the facts. Right, sir. And Ken, I don't have to tell you what it means to the paper if we can catch Dr. Hackett. I was thinking of that, sir. What now, little man? Oh, I'm on my way to make with the story. Some visiting fireman? No, a departing fireman. Oh, that'll make fine copy. Good luck. Thank you, Miss Lane. Clark tries to get Hawkins to give a tip about the doctor, but Hawkins hesitates when spotting men from the spider lady. Clark pursues the men, while Lois manages to get a tip from Hawkins. So you think this supposedly sick man at the cabin might be Dr. Hackett? I'm not saying he is or he ain't. All I know is the spider lady's men are keeping him undercover there. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Hawkins. <laughs> the crooks go to a summer cabin where Hackett is... Hold up. They say they will pick him up disguised by bandages. Clark ties up the doctor and in disguise is taken by the crooks in an ambulance. Oh, Kent? You what? You found Hackett? Where? In a summer cabin on Highway 18, four miles west of Junction 99. Send the police to pick him up and then print the story. What am I going to do? Find the spider lady's hideout. You're what? Now listen, Kent, if you muff this story with any wild ideas, I'll... I'll... Lois arrives and unties Hackett. Who are you? Where's Dr. Hackett? Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Dr. Hackett. It seems that my hiding place is becoming too popular. Have you a car? Yes. Then lead me to it. The crooks discover Clark and stun him on a rural road. Not really. Hackett spots them and stuns Lois and jumps from her car as it roars toward the edge of the road and the mountains. So the chapter picks up pretty much where the other one left off, except, you know, the first thing you notice is that the producers don't want Superman to fly, unless he absolutely needs to as he runs up after the car, but discovers Lois is being attacked by the little device there. Interesting, another interesting continuity gasp. Lois was awake when she screamed, but was she was unconscious when Superman looked in and when he came into the room. Maybe the device knocked her out again. Superman doesn't even bother to check on leads, he just looks at him. Maybe he's dead. But for all we know, he is uh, exiting the serial. With an up, up, and away, Clark, Superman, rather, is off into the night. And actually, here we can tell it's night because it's clearly dark out when he flies out the window. As opposed to before when we really, when we really couldn't tell. And now, Anton is firing on Superman and Superman is not in the mood. He is not in the mood for any of this nonsense. He is going to take Anton. And all of a sudden, Brock has the genius. Oh, let's try the kryptonite. And he throws it up like a bowling ball for a big test. Superman is staggering, and he falls down. Brock is shocked, so Anton takes it, and they get away. Now, like I said, this all could have been avoided 
So Superman suffers a defeat at the hands of the spider ladies men because not only are they getting away with the kryptonite, but they don't know where anybody's going. So they they need to keep the serial going and it can't end too soon. That's kind of how, how it has to work. We have to have these leaps in logic and defeats. Superman has to deal with these defeats at the hands of the spider lady so this serial can go on for four hours and 15 chapters. Like I said in the last chapter, it would have made far more sense if they just... As soon as the Spider Lady made her threat that they got the main article out of there. If they wanted to trap her and use something as bait, they could have they could have used some other kind of rock and lured the Spider Lady's men there that way. There's no way these two dumb buffoons that work for the Spider Lady would have known kryptonite from a big chunk of something. Quartz, maybe. Anyway, but... No, they're going to experiment with the real thing because it probably didn't dawn on anybody to use something fake. And, well, we needed to get this the kryptonite into the spider lady's hands anyway. That's where I stand on that. The spider lady is very appreciative of the work that her men are doing, and she does thank them for a job well done. I was almost waiting for guys to start giving little golf claps in the background after she says a job well done and thanks them. Well, you know what? I'm going to give them one. Now that we have the kryptonite in the spider lady's possession, she has to move. She has to plan her next move so we can move the plot forward. Now they need a scientist. This is where we're going to introduce Dr. Hackett to the story. Who, so, apparently the Spider Lady has figured out how she's going to get Hackett out of prison pretty quickly because the next scene we see are police responding to something and then we get Perry taking a phone call from somebody. Somebody calls the newspaper and tells them that Hackett has escaped. Because I'm sure the first thing the police are thinking about after the scientist has gotten a escape from prison is, I better call Perry White. I better call the Daily Planet to make sure that this news gets out. Maybe they want to keep the public safe, but I'm sure they don't want to deal with the embarrassment of having let Dr. Hackett go. Or not let Dr. Hackett go, having him escape from under their noses. Apparently Clark knows, we don't know how long Clark has been working at the planet at this point, but he obviously knows who Hackett is. And Perry is thinking less of Clark's safety and more about how big a coup it would be for the planet to uh, capture Hackett. Again, here in this scene here, I, I like the interplay between Alan and ne Noel Neal. Alan's got a smile on his face as he's talking. So apparently, uh, Clark knows Hawkins too. We have no we have no clue that he knows who Hawkins is bef any before this, but he is offering to pay Hawkins for information. So Hawkins is all about is all about the money, and he's just about to spill his guts to Clark when he notices the Spider Lady's men, and that spooks him and. No story for Clark, so Clark doesn't have to come up with another method of getting the information that he needs. As usual, Lois is right behind Clark, and you can see that Hawkins is still spooked by having seen the Spider Lady's men as he's hiding from Lois. Apparently, the Spider Lady's men have drove, driven off by now, and Hawkins' price goes from cash to food. He's hungry, so Lois is going to get the information that she needs from Hawkins, in exchange for feeding Hawkins at some local spaghetti joint. So apparently Hawkins knows Hackett is at the cabin. We have, Like I said before, we have no idea who this guy is, but my, how does he know all this? What are his connections? These are the things I wonder about. Here's Clark doing some detective work as he, as he trailed Anton and Brock to the cabin. And I must say, just from looking at this, this is a pretty nice cabin that Hackett is hiding out in. A spider lady definitely spares no expense. Clark is going to wait for Anton and Hackett to... Anton and Brock to leave. Now, here's something that... One thing that bugs me about the narrator when he shows up is that whenever Clark uses his 
one of his superpowers. The narrator needs to tell us what's going on. Like right here as Clark listens in, into Anton and Brock telling Hackett what's, what the plan is going to be. The narrator needs to tell us that Clark is using his super sensitive hearing. As if the visuals that we're getting of him leaning on the house and putting his ear up to the wall isn't an indication enough. Honestly, you would think that Clark wouldn't do that, but between that visual, the narrator telling us what's going on is superfluous as he's clearly listening. Now, I like this beat coming up here as uh, Clark sneaks in on Dr. Hackett and basically announces that he's going to take over. Take over the gig. You know, Clark scores one here. He captures Hackett. Hackett has no idea who he is, so Clark doesn't really need to uh, pretend to be meek or mild-mannered or anything at this point. Clark did his civic duty. He made a citizen's arrest and locked the good Dr. Hackett in the closet. And he calls Perry White, telling him, well, I'm going to find the spider lady's hideout. He nearly gives Perry an aneurysm as the chief yells at him to not muff the story with any wild ideas. We're going to get back to this in next week's episode when uh, this situation shakes itself out. But just seeing Perry get frustrated with Clark is it's funny. So... Clark is off with Anton and Brock in the ambulance, and here comes Lois to wreck the day. Clearly here, Lois doesn't know Hackett from a hole in the wall, as she finds, as she hears him not banging on the closet door and lets him out and frees him, asking very, very incredulously, where's Dr. Hackett? And Hackett in his smug way, and we're going to see that smugness throughout his tenure on this serial, calmly says that he's Dr. Hackett. Perry warned Clark not to muff the story, but here's Lois in her ignorance, muffs the story. And Lois just tenses up when she realizes he's Dr. Hackett. She knows she screwed up, and uh, she didn't know what kind of situation she was going to, and really, in this, in this case, Lois has no idea what's going on. And suddenly, Brock realizes something is up, as they realize Clark isn't Hackett. And... Clark play-acts a little bit here because he lets Anton and Brock beat him up. Why? They don't know who he is. He could have just knocked them both out, changed into Superman, and arrested them both. They clearly didn't bring the kryptonite with them. Again, the logic escapes me. Well, now they're going to go back to the cabin and get Hackett, who's not there. Clark changes into Superman, and he's going to go back and look for Hackett at the cabin. Little does he know... Lois is off in the car with Hackett. Now, Brock sees Lois. Obviously, he recognizes her from the last chapter, or two chapters ago, whenever it was. But he notices called her another reporter. I don't exactly know how Brock connects those dots there, because we didn't see any indication that they knew who Clark was. So how does he know that this is another reporter? For all Brock knew, that could have been some kind of detective. So, anyway... Some of this could at least could have been avoided if Superman Clark had just dealt with Brock and Anton right then and there at the ambulance. And we're going to see Lois's car go over the cliff as the chapter ends. Alright, so that uh, just about does it for the these chapters of Superman the Serial. I didn't mention it before, but just recording this one was a little challenging as I opened up my computer file and realized my notes didn't save. So I kind of watched this and uh, made my notes on mic as I went through. So anyway, I hope this episode, if this episode is a little uh, under par, that's probably why. So, mea culpa there. I ch I checked the upcoming episodes and my notes are just fine. So, hopefully this episode doesn't suffer because of that. So, anyway, 
If it did, you can let me know by emailing me at manofscreen at gmail.com or liking my Facebook page for the show. You can search for Man of Screen Podcast on Facebook and you can like the page there. I update the shows weekly when the sh- when I post the show and, and I will post just about anything interesting that I find from the Man of Screen world. With that said, next time on Man of Screen Podcast, I'm going to covers chapter 7 through 9. I will see you then. Will the deadly kryptonite always render Superman powerless? For the answers, see episode 7 of the Man of Screen podcast on this web feed next week. The Man of Screen podcast is produced by Mike Zumo and all opinions on the show are those of Mike Zumo and no one else. All music and sound clips used in the making of the show are for review purposes only and no copyright infringement is intended. All trademarks are copyright their original copyright holders. The Man of Screen podcast is a member of the Superman Podcast Network and can be found at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. The homepage for the show is manofscreen.podomatic.com and you can email the show at manofscreen at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.